Chapter 1 It feels like his heart is plummeting to his feet and seeping through the tiled floor. He feels his leg shake beneath him, a rush of adrenaline, a tingle in his fingertips, his heart desperately trying to escape his ribcage. It all rushes back to him. Every lingering touch, every glance across a room, every single laugh shared between the two of them. How he would light up the room with a cackle before covering his mouth with the back of his hand. The way his shoulders would shake as he tried to hold it in, but failed miserably in doing so. How his eyes would crinkle and his lips would press into a small V. It's etched into his brain. It all rushes back to him. The ring of his laugh in his ears, the taste of his skin. It all floods back as Harry's eyes train on the shards of glass littering the floor. He can't hear the gasps from the other guests, or the rush of footsteps toward the shattered champagne flute. He can't feel Neil's prodding elbow in his side as he turns to the cause of the commotion. He can only focus on the mess on the ground, and how looking up from it leads to a pair of familiar, arctic eyes. Three years earlier San Francisco, California October 2019 San Francisco is a lot colder than Harry thought it'd be. Which alright, yes it is October, but it's also California. Any day below 60 degrees is a rare commodity. He thinks of his co-workers who are bundled up in large coats back east. What a shame. With his hands tucked in the pockets of his coat, he focuses his attention on the sidewalk beneath his feet. His satchel swings as he walks, occasionally colliding with the side of his hip. He tries not to focus too much on the added weight of his laptop, his back protesting slightly at the imbalance. He'll be at the coffee shop soon enough. He can deal with a little discomfort. It's a short walk from McQuiston to the ferry building. Harry's legs have a mind of their own, weaving through pedestrians as he goes through San Fran's financial district. He's only made the trip out west twice prior, but Harry's inner GPS has always been one of his most redeeming qualities. He takes wide strides to reach the terminal. Not being from the area, he doesn't feel any shame taking a moment to stop and appreciate the beauty of it. The wide structure sits peacefully on a dock, the clear blue water of the Sacramento River lapping around it. With the surrounding palm trees and the Golden Gate Bridge peeking behind the back of the building, Harry can see why Gemma said it was a must-see before his first visit. The narrow clock tower that sits in the middle of the structure, with towering white columns leading to the tip, draws his attention each time especially as he waits in anticipation for the clock to strike noon. He smiles to himself as the sound of bells can be heard along the pier, tourists and residents alike taking time to stop at food stands and make their way into the building. He thinks in another life, it wouldn't have hurt to settle down here, to make this trip on each of his lunch breaks. He prefers the Hudson though. The ringing continues as he makes his way into the terminal, bypassing the coffee kiosk scattered across the pier to enter Blue Bottle Cafe instead. The smell of roasting coffee beans consumes him, his stomach rumbling at the prospect of a latte, his first of the day. God, only his first. The thought alone makes Harry want to get on the first flight back to New York. He's been in the office since nine, running late thanks to the slight shift in time, who knew three hours could fuck with him so much. And, no offense to McQuiston, but their coffee is shit and there's no way Harry will drink it. He has taste, thank you very much. He can feel pressure forming at the back of his skull when he thinks of what waits for him back there. The sorting, the analyzing, and the goddamn organizing he has to look forward to as he helps McQuiston secure a new client. He tries not to focus on it as he waits for his latte, this is his time, not theirs. But Jesus Christ, is he just a bit better he couldn't have done this shit from home. Sure, 
Drift UP will most likely be on Deloitte's technology Fast 500 by next year. McQuiston was lucky to have the chance to bid on representing them, especially considering the agency had just expanded to the states. But he isn't sure why one of San Francisco's PR specialists couldn't handle this. Why they couldn't work on this separately. If they were having issues, he was a Skype call away. It's because you're the best. Ben had said, a smug smile present when Harry crowded into his office late Friday afternoon. Even if that were the case, he was just a damn call away. Why are you making a fuss over an all-expenses-paid trip? You love California, Camilla countered when he shared his frustration with his co-worker. It was the same argument she used every time Harry whined about being needed at another office. At this rate, Harry could say it for her. I wouldn't call it a trip when I'm going to be cooped up in an office for the entirety of it. He mumbled, taking a look at the flight confirmation in his inbox. She'd chuckle and roll her eyes, like she usually did. Harry's moaning over these last-minute trips are a staple in their friendship. And the reason they continued happening? Well, it was because these trips continued to be everything but. He's barely seen sunlight, he's barely known what time it's been. He hasn't left the office once. Well, besides for his daily lunch breaks to the ferry building and his walks back to the hotel. So he's a bit for the dramatics, sue him. But the constant work hours make him want nothing more than to collapse into the stiff hotel bed he's grown accustomed to the past few nights. Maybe when he gets back this evening he'll treat himself to the mini bottle of tequila in his fridge. Large vanilla latte. His head snaps toward the barista who called his order, eyes brightening when he spots the large beverage in her hand. Thank you, God. With a quick thanks, he exits the cafe to make his way back out onto the pier. A brief glance at his watch tells him he has 20 minutes before having to make the trek back to Mission Street. Just enough time to enjoy the weather. Stepping back out onto the pier makes him squint, the bright sunlight a sharp contrast to the fluorescent lights that beam down on him inside. Nevertheless, his eyes wander over the pier in search of an empty bench. He knows he'll most likely end up standing aimlessly against the pier's railing with how busy the lunch rushes, so he makes his way closer to the water. It's just his luck that a woman and her daughter are getting up from a nearby bench. Well, it's his luck that her daughter decides the best course of action for the two of them is to follow a flock of pigeons. Harry nods to them as they pass him, mouthing a brief, thank you, to the mother even though he should really be thanking the toddler. He sets his bag down as he takes in the view before him. Crossing one leg over the other, his foot pressed against his opposing knee, he takes in a deep breath and closes his eyes. If he focuses closely enough, he swears he can smell the salt water from the river. It's moments like this that Harry wishes he can experience more often. How when he looks up, the scarce white clouds move in slow motion across the sky, how the wind from the water causes his curls to block his vision temporarily. He wishes he had more time to appreciate the small moments, the moments of being able to chase down a flock of pigeons, or follow someone he loves as they chase down a flock of pigeons. He reaches into his pocket and takes out his phone to capture the view. The water is lapping toward the edge of the pier, as the cliffs leading to the Golden Gate Bridge hide in the background. Harry's no photographer, but he's fairly impressed with his work. Without a second thought he uploads the photo to this Instagram. He's not usually one to post frequently, because frankly, he doesn't have much going on in his life at the moment, or any moment, but he does want to be able to look back on this moment. He wants to remember the serenity he felt before the inevitable frustration that'll consume him once he makes his way back to the office.
He double checks the photo to make sure it's fully covering the screen and tags the ferry building as the location. No need to make a fuss over such a casual day, he'll save that for Camilla and her own work ventures. Not even a full minute passes before his phone is buzzing with not one, but two notifications. At Louis Tomlinson replied to your story, pretty photo. Ever thought of photography as a side gig? At Louis Tomlinson, this is Kieran SF, no? Near the office? Ha. Huh. Harry urges his breathing to stay even and his leg to stop bouncing, but it's kind of hard to stop something once it's already started, isn't it? The message from Louis shouldn't be a surprise. Really, he should be used to this by now. Except that, no matter how much time passes, he probably never will be. Harry tries to think of the last time he saw Louis. Was it three months ago? Four? It's been a while since they last spoke. Well, to be fair, they didn't do much talking last time. He shivers as the memories flood back from his hotel room in Miami. The bundle sheets at the end of the bed, the melted ice scattered over the carpet from a knocked over bucket. The turtleneck he had to wear, in fucking Florida the next day, the moans that, not the time nor the place, Siles. With a deep breath, he unlocks his phone. The app immediately opens. And before he can even think to close it, his conversation with Louis is laid out for him. Pointedly ignoring the messages above Louis' new reply to his story, he rereads the question. Here. In. San Francisco. He urges his heart not to beat any faster than it already is, because he knows what it thinks. He knows what Louis' messages could mean. There's no way it's possible though. Louis doesn't come down to the States, at least not more than a few times a year. Shouldn't there be a quota? If there is, he sure as hell had reached it this year. And that's only with the places you've met up in. He shakes the thought, ignoring his subconscious. He has more pressing matters. Like Louis. Louis, here. Here in San Francisco. Potentially. Speaking of pressing matters, didn't he have more in London? The more rational side of Harry wills himself to calm down. It's a simple message. It doesn't suggest a damn thing, and he needs to stop jumping to conclusions. Another message comes through. At Louis Tomlinson. Bit rude to read and not respond, don't you think Curly? You could have at least ignored the message and spared my ego. He lets out a laugh, shaking his head in amusement. Get yourself together. At Harry Styles, sorry. Just trying to figure out how you know where SF is. Harry counts to 30 before another response is on the screen. At Louis Tomlinson. I live in London, not Antarctica. I'm quite familiar with the States, babe. At Louis Tomlinson, I believe you lot call it San Fran? The Bay Area? See, I know my shit. At Harry Styles, my sincerest apologies. Truly. At Louis Tomlinson, is that sarcasm? And to think, I was going to ask what you were up to this lovely afternoon. Harry's bites on his bottom lip hard reading the message over. He doesn't try to calm his heart down again. At Harry Styles, why would it matter what I'm doing tonight? At Louis Tomlinson, can't a man make plans? At Harry Styles, bit difficult with different time zones, don't you think? At Louis Tomlinson, now who said anything about different time zones? Well, that settles that inquiry. At Louis Tomlinson, I said, here in San Fran, didn't I? Emphasis on the here, love, love. It's not the first time Louis has referred to him with the endearment, nor would it be the last if Harry has something to say about it. At Harry Styles, just covering the bases, darling, he sighs, a small part of him wishing they could use the terms of endearment without the layer of sarcasm that always follows them. At Louis Tomlinson, ha. Huh. Look, I'm here till morning.
needed to sort out some final details before the drift UP pitch. Where are you staying? Any plans for Harry to have an early night were out the window. But he isn't going to complain if this is going in the direction he thinks it is. At Harry Styles, Lay Meridian. You? At Louis Tomlinson. Four seasons. Harry rolls his eyes. Of course, he expects nothing less. At Louis Tomlinson, oi, save me a cheeky comeback. I have a dinner with some other consultants, should be back by nine. At Louis Tomlinson, my room? 318. Always presumptuous. At Harry Styles. And if I have plans? At Louis Tomlinson. Do you? Harry smirks, tugging his bottom lip in between his teeth. Though back and forth between them never fails to amuse him. At Harry Styles, potentially. Maybe I have a hot date. At Louis Tomlinson, ah, of course. I'm sure your spreadsheets are just dying to see you. At Louis Tomlinson, I know I am. Harry chokes on his coffee, a large portion briefly getting lodged in his throat as he reads the message. Jesus Christ. He takes a look around the pier, hoping no one just saw him make a fool out of himself. When he sees the coast is clear, he turns his attention back to his phone. And if he adjusts his tightening slacks, no one needs to know. At Harry Styles. Be there at 10.30. 3 dash. It isn't until Harry is in the lobby of the Four Seasons that he lets his nerves morph into excitement. He isn't going to say he's been looking forward to the clock striking 10.30 all day, but did the mere prospect help him get through the rest of his time at the office? Did he end up skipping out on another cup of coffee to prevent more jitters? Maybe so. There's a pep in his step as he tries to hold back the smirk threatening to spread across his lips. Room 318. Bypassing the receptionist completely, he heads to the elevators. It's not his first time at a hotel of this caliber. The soft jazz music echoing through the connecting hallways is more familiar than the silence of his own apartment as of late. The ride up to Louis' room is quiet, and his eyes don't move from the crack between the sliding doors. He doesn't pay much mind to the other guests in the elevator, though it probably would have been polite to at least acknowledge them. His focus is centered only on three numbers. 318, 318, 318. Those three numbers have been whirling around his brain for the last ten hours, and now that he's so close to seeing who's inside that room in the flesh, for the first time in months, he's a man on a mission. His breath hitches at the thought of Louis, and Harry would be lying if he said that weren't a common occurrence. He tries to focus on the hum of the elevator, the scuffle of the shoes from the other passengers, anything that'll calm his heart and delay the heat bubbling in the pit of his stomach. He stretches his fingers out as the beep of each floor passing rings, not realizing how tightly they were clenched. Floor 1. 2. 3. The doors slide open and Harry remains still. Two other guests shuffle past him, sparing him a glance as they go towards their respective rooms, but he doesn't pay them any attention. Fuck, what have you gotten yourself into? He knows the answer to that, has known the answer to that, could explain it in a 10-page essay if you asked him to, but that doesn't matter. Because he's 18 rooms away. He wills his feet to move out of the elevator, only slightly flinching at the doors starting to close as he makes his way out. It takes a brief glance at the directory for him to know exactly where his destination is. His fingers clench into fists once again as he tries to clear his mind. This isn't the first time he's making a trip like this, so why is there still a flurry in his chest? Why are his palms clammy? Why is the mere thought of a sly smirk and oceanic eyes having him bite his inner cheek hard enough to draw blood? This is nothing, this is casual. 
as if. He scoffs at his subconscious. That's not something he can think about right now. That's not something he can think about ever, actually. By room 315, his feet feel a bit heavier. 316, he wills his fists to unclench. 317, he clears his throat to make sure his voice is working. 318, he comes to a standstill. All nonchalance thrown out the window. Fuck. The mahogany door stares back at him, intimidating yet inviting. The gold numbers engraved in the center are nerving, but not nearly as much as the thought of what's behind them. Or who? Without a second thought, he knocks. Harry counts to fifteen before he hears a snap and a click of the door. Any soothing words he's been repeating to himself are thrown out the window, his heart betraying him as it knocks against his ribcage. A pulsing thrum travels from his chest to his arms and through his entire body as the door slowly opens. The slight breeze from its movement makes his eyes flutter, but he keeps them focused on who's swallowing his vision. Chestnut hair, red lips, and blue eyes. Harry's throat dries as a wave of desire crashes into him. He swallows when the door is knocked back to the wall and Louis leans against the doorway, head tilted with a small smile and shit, Harry thinks, he definitely hasn't cut his hair since Miami. The formerly shaved sides have now grown out, framing the curves of his face and jaw nicely. His hands are shoved into the pockets of his sweatpants, legs crossed at the ankles as he takes in Harry. He emanates confidence and Harry's never found it more alluring than right now. Louis' eyes travel from his slacks to his torso and up until they meet Harry's eyes once again. They're filled with mischief, sparkling at the sight of Harry's, probably obvious, distress. He removes a hand from his pocket to scratch the corner of his mouth, Harry's eyes following the motion carefully. A smirk forms on Louis' lips, clearly noticing Harry's hyper-focus on his movements. Hey, Curly. And there's his voice. Both smooth and rough, airy yet strong. Filled with a force that makes Harry's knees nearly buckle. It's been so long since he's heard it, too damn long since it's filled his ears with its light tenor. It fills his entire body with warmth. Hi, he sighs, more out of breath than he realized. He doesn't know if it's from Louis or the walk through the hotel. For his own sanity and dignity, he's going to say the walk. Louis' smirk turns into a soft smile at his greeting, eyes searching 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 for something Harry has never been able to put a finger on. He reaches out and Harry immediately holds his breath, eyes tracking the movement. You're growing out your hair again, he says lightly, fingers tucking a loose strand behind Harry's ear. His skin burns at the contact, senses on high alert as Louis runs his fingers through his near shoulder length curls. He rests his hand near the nape of his neck, rubbing a thumb across Harry's warm skin. Harry struggles to keep his eyes open when he feels the light drag of nails against it, goosebumps immediately left in their wake. I want to see how it turns out, he replies dumbly, but it comes out as a whisper. I like it. Louis says in a similar hushed tone, a lot. Harry refuses to move his eyes away, even though Louis are traveling everywhere. They dart between his hair and his lips, and Harry wants him to do something. His senses are going haywire at the slight scratching on his scalp, previous heat from his stomach now going south. Harry nods at the compliment, not trusting his voice to let out more than a pained whimper. He's filled with want and doesn't trust himself enough to not beg for it. At his lack of response, Louis' eyes finally lock with his own, pupils dilated to where there's only a thin ring of blue encasing them, gaze intense. Harry doesn't doubt his eyes look any different. You're quiet. Harry swallows, there's nothing but heat between the two of them. He can feel his heart beating louder against his eardrums, waiting and waiting and waiting. Maybe I just like hearing your voice. Louis grins, shaking his head slowly, almost like the mere thought is unbelievable.
The sight makes Harry clench his fists again to distract from the lack of oxygen flowing to his brain. Get in here, Louis breathes out, immediately grabbing his shirt. Before Harry can form a response, he's being dragged into the room. He faintly hears the door closing shut as their bodies collide, mouths instantly finding one another in a frenzy. There's nothing on his mind other than Louis' lips, the way his scruff pleasantly rubs against his chin, how his teeth scrape his bottom lip. His mind and body are screaming Louis Louis Louis. Louis goes blind as Harry wraps his arms around his waist, his arms immediately wrapping around Harry's neck as he moves them deeper into the room. Cutting right to the chase, I see, Harry murmurs against his lip, aligning their groins. A strangle noise comes from Louis' throat at the contact and Harry already feels him hardening. Says you. Fuck, he hisses when Harry's hands travel lower, grabbing his ass beneath his sweatpants. Louis' hands dart to the hem of his shirt, off, off. Get this off. Harry grins at his urgency, thriving off of Louis' want, his need for him. Can I get a please? You can fuck right off, love. Louis groans, thrusting their hips together. The contact makes Harry squeeze his eyes shut, his slacks growing tighter the longer they stay on. Without another thought, he throws his shirt over his head and immediately goes for Louis. Jesus Lou, he moans as a wet trail of kisses are left from the corner of his lip down to the column of his throat. His grip on Louis' ass tightens as a spark of pleasure shoots down his spine. Jesus has, Louis teases. Nipping the sensitive skin near Harry's collarbone, lapping his tongue over to soothe it. Harry swallows a whimper, immediately tugging at Louis' hair to connect their lips again. Louis humps at the motion, but quickly obliges, smiling into the kiss as Harry pushes them toward the bed. When does your flight leave? Harry rushes out, nipping at the lobe of Louis' ear. He feels Louis' hand tug at his curls, gasping as Harry rolls his nipples in between his fingers. New, fuck, he whines, chasing Harry's lips with his own. Noon. Why? His hips jerk, desperately trying to connect their lower halves again for some friction. Harry moves backward teasingly, making Louis whimper at the loss of contact. Harry. He lets out a giggle, crashing their lips together once again. Louis moans, nipping at his bottom lip and urging him to come closer, but Harry simply tightens his grip on his waist and shoves him onto a bed. Louis goes down easily, eyes wild as he takes in Harry's body and the tattoos that litter it. Harry smirks under his gaze as he hovers over him, hands placed near Louis' head, caging him in. Because I plan on having you like this until then. Louis' eyes focus on his lips, their faces inches away from each other. Before Harry can lean in, he feels the earth tilt on its axis. Suddenly he's on his back, wrist pinned to the soft comforter beneath him. He blinks and sees Louis smirking above him, rolls reversed. A finger brushes away a strand of hair on his forehead before slowly moving down his torso, stopping at his hip to rub small circles into the fabric-covered skin. He gulps under Louis' gaze, one leg between his own. Not if I plan on having you like this. Daytona Beach, Florida December 2019 Fuck. Harry stares at the ceiling of his hotel room, breathing heavy as he comes down. He hisses when he feels Louis lift himself off his softening cock, and he doesn't have to look to know Louis is smirking at the reaction. He feels Louis flop onto the bed next to him, their arms pressed together as they both catch their breaths. His skin is glistening with sweat and his heart is still pounding from having Louis on top of him, rolling his hips sinfully as he grinded down. He shakes his head to rid the mental image, his cock already starting to twitch again. Fuck, that was good. Louis breathes out, chest rising rapidly as he grins up to the ceiling. Harry can see him turn his head toward him out of the corner of his eye, but he's too dazed to move his own. Just good? You wound me, 
He replies, wincing when Louis flicks his nipple in response. Cocky one, aren't you? Louis says through a laugh. When Harry raises an eyebrow, he feels Louis shuffle closer. Okay fine, it was great. Mind-blowing. Life-altering, he amends, leaning in closer to Harry so his lips are near his ear, but you already knew that, didn't you? Harry smiles, turning his head to face him. He's met with blue, hooded eyes, blinking languid. A quick glance downward and he sees the smirk, Louis tongues wiping across his bottom lip. Maybe. Harry's voice comes out again deeper than before, still raw. Louis hums triumphantly before moving to sit up. He swings his legs out from under the covers into the edge of the bed, causing Harry to groan. Thought you were staying till morning, he says, reaching out for Louis' bicep. He stops halfway to him, the upper half of his body plopping back onto the duvet in defeat. Damn you, king-size bed. Louis turns back to him amused, his shoulders shaking with laughter before grabbing a cloth to wipe himself clean. He tosses another to Harry, which elicits another groan. Harry wipes his chest, but can't be bothered with the bed, it's already on the duvet. He's going to have to leave the cleaning staff a large tip. Louis picks up his briefs from the ground, shimmying them on without rising from the bed. Harry can picture him wincing at the movement and smirks. He focuses on Louis' back muscles flexing as he puts on his sweatpants, the way he shakes his head at Harry's dramatics. The moonlight seeping into the room gives his silhouette a silver glow, a glow Harry can't describe as anything but stunning. He blames the shiver that goes down his spine on the wind coming from the cracked open balcony door. Relax has, I'm just going out for a smoke, he murmurs rising slowly from the bed. He grabs his lighter from the nightstand and turns to face Harry with a raised eyebrow. Why so worried? Because I missed you. Harry freezes at the thought, not knowing exactly why that was the first thing he wanted to reply with, but knowing damn well there's no way he could reply with it. Casual. At this rate, he needs to get it tattooed on his fucking hand to keep reminding himself. It couldn't be anything more, and he didn't want it to be. He's traveling more than ever. Thanks to McQuiston. He barely has time to make new friends, let alone have any new serious relationships. Especially with a co-worker who spends a majority of their time on another continent. Who is also traveling and most likely, also has no time for anything serious. This is convenient. This is good. What they have is more than good actually, it's great. They let off steam and keep each other warm through the nights whenever they can. Come morning, everything is fine. There are no expectations. So no, Harry hadn't missed him. It's good to see him, yes. Missing him, longing for a night like this? Nope. Absolutely not. Casual. 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 Because I haven't gotten laid in two months and I plan on making use of the entire night, he mumbles into the sheets, looking up at Louis through his eyelashes. Something flashes through Louis' eyes and his smile falls a bit, but before Harry can begin to decipher what it means, it's gone and replaced with a knowing smirk. Well when you phrase it like that, why would I ever leave? He teases, winking as he grabs a cigarette from his pocket. Harry rolls his eyes, burying his face deeper into the sheets to hide the idiotic smile growing on his face. Feel free to join me whenever you're done pouting, Louis sings before turning away to head out onto the balcony. Harry fists the sheets at the sight of his body sauntering away, hips swaying more than they usually do. Fucking devil. He throws off the duvet quickly, finally disposing of the condom and tugging on his own boxers. He doesn't bother with much else. As he makes his way onto the balcony, he's thankful for Florida's year-round warm weather.
Louis back is facing him as he stares out at the beach with his elbows perched on the railing. Harry can see a faint puff of smoke rise above him with each sag of Louis' shoulders. He watches him from the doorway for a moment before closing his eyes and breathing in the salty air of the ocean. Waves are crashing onto shore in the distance, the slight breeze causing the trees surrounding his hotel balcony to rustle amongst each other. It's peaceful, a serenity he hasn't felt since San Francisco. Sometimes I wish we had time to enjoy these places, you know? Harry opens his eyes at the sound of his voice, expecting Louis to be facing him. He's still only met with the back of his head. He pushes himself off the doorframe and heads toward the railing, leaning against it like Louis. When he turns to him, he sees furrowed brows and his thin lips, which were once swollen by open kisses, pressed in a tight line. You could always use some vacation days, Harry says simply. Louis grimaces. Sick days? He chuckles before bringing the cigarette back to his mouth, throwing Harry an amused look. Harry follows the cigarette, focusing on the way Louis lips wrap around it before they emit the smoke. I just... He starts before letting out another huff of air. I don't know, forget it. Harry's lips turn into the frown. No, explain what you mean. Louis looks at him hesitantly, and for what, Harry doesn't know. He has no idea where this came from, why Louis looks so tense all of a sudden, so, torn. He nods encouragingly, and Louis turns his head back to look toward the sea. I know I can use vacation days, he starts. I know I could drop everything for a weekend and fly down, but what would be the point? Relaxation? Louis raises an eyebrow at him. Relaxation? When was the last time you felt relaxed since starting at McQuiston? Point taken. At Harry's silence, he continues. We travel for work, more than we ever did because of all the new offices opening up. Understaffed fucking offices. And sure, it's nice sometimes. We're in these cities for one, two, maybe three days. Yet, the entire time you're in the office or I'm at these fucking meetings for Dupree because he can't be arsed to fly down himself. Louis spits the name like it's venom. Robert Dupree, president of the McQuiston Worldwide's UK branch. Also the main exec in charge of the North American expansion, along with Harry's superior back in New York, Ben Winston. Louis doesn't talk about Dupree much, just fleeting moments of distrust and dislike. Harry thinks back to the only time he's met him. The charity gal nearly a year ago. He seemed nice enough, but Louis' reaction towards any mention of his superior makes him think otherwise. He doesn't know where it comes from, and he doesn't think he should ask. Not yet anyway. We're always meeting in these places, and don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for it. And not just for the sex, he says softly, turning to face Harry completely. Harry feels his stomach flip, but he keeps a straight face. It's just that, it's... A shit show? Harry completes. Louis nods slowly. We all work at different branches, and yet we're barely there. You never know who's at their assigned office and who's been brought in for something. He takes another drag of his cigarette. Someone's always flying in or flying out, having to cram information about a potential client and risk fucking up a pitch. It's disorganized. It's a complete clusterfuck. Everyone's stretched thin, and I don't know what the fuck Dupree and Winston are thinking. Probably about money. Louis scoffs. What about the people making him the money? There's surely a way to do this without tugging all your employees in different directions like their toys. Harry raises an eyebrow at his blunt honesty. He doesn't disagree with him, but coming from someone who's climbing up McQuiston's ladder like it's second nature, it's quite surprising. Louis' own position as an associate consultant should keep him anchored in London. Yet, he seems to be traveling as much as Harry, always keeping everyone on track taking the reins on potential strategies for their clients, all while gathering new clients.
If there's ever an issue or an opportunity, Louis is on the short list of people you call. Always. It's not a surprise that Dupree would send him over anyone else to make sure things are running smoothly. Though, it should be running smoothly in the first place. It shouldn't have to depend on a single person from a different branch. You know, Harry starts, if anyone has the power to say something, it's you. Louis laughs, but it comes out better. As if he'd listen to a damn thing I'd say, he mumbles, eyes darting up into the sky to avoid Harry's gaze. Harry tilts his head at that response, waiting for Louis to elaborate. He never does. The silence between them grows for a few moments, only the sound of waves filling what would otherwise be dead silence. It's peaceful, not as tense as before, the nicotine seeming to relax Louis. I don't want to sound ungrateful, he finally says, biting his lip. It's a good job, I've learned quite a bit from it. It's just, frustrating at times. Lou, trust me, Harry chuckles. You're preaching to the choir. Louis whips his head to him, eyebrows raised. You don't like it here either? Either. Harry raises an eyebrow and Louis' eyes widen before he turns back out toward the sea, pursing his lips to hide his sheepish smile. Caught. They'll have to circle back to that. Don't act too surprised, Harry teases, but it falls flat. Louis furrows his eyebrows in curiosity, waiting for him to elaborate. Harry sighs. It's a great job, like you said. I just... He shakes his head. Apparently it's honesty hour. It's not what I picture doing. Hours stuck in an office, not really being given the option to travel, just being told when and where. I didn't go to college for it, for this. What did you go to college for? Journalism, he replies simply. Switched to PR my sophomore year. Kind of similar, no? Why'd you switch? Louis asks, tilting his head to the side. Practicality. Louis whistles. Yep, that'll do it. Harry shrugs. It's not terrible pays well. I love the creative side of it, the planning. And I've always loved writing, just, not this type of writing. Precisely, he breathes out, looking down to his bare feet. It's one thing to think about his dislike for the job, it's another thing to express it to someone else, to put it out there. Yeah, I can see how planning press junkets and media strategies 24-7 can be a bit tedious, Louis says. Harry's lips work up and he feels Louis nudge his side after another moment of silence. He turns to find the cigarette being offered to him. Without a second thought, he takes a drag. So, if you could quit tomorrow, what would your ideal job be? Harry raises an eyebrow. Is this a hypothetical or your way of telling me this is getting back to Dupree and Winston? Louis throws his head back in a cackle. Hypothetical, babe. What happens in Daytona, stays in Daytona. He smiles. I'd freelance a bit. For journalism and PR. Louis nods, impressed. I could see that. Really? Oh yeah, he replies easily, turning around to lean his back against the railing. Articles for the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Vogue. PR for skincare companies and luxury boutiques instead of through little, old McQuiston. I wouldn't call McQuiston little, Harry snorts. And Vogue? Really? Hey, don't act coy, Louis grins. I've seen your silk button-ups, your sweater vests. Could definitely see you writing annual pieces on fall fashion trends. His shoulders shake with laughter, and God, Harry shouldn't be so endeared by this, by Louis noticing his fucking outfits and teasing him about it. Point taken. Louis smiles, leaning into him slightly. Wanna know what I think? Always. Harry turns toward him, and he immediately breathes in the nicotine sticking to his skin, 
mixing with the tropical tang of Louis Shampoo. It's more pleasant than he thought it'd be. Feel like you're going to tell me anyway. Louis smirks, smart lad. Harry rolls his eyes, but motions for him to continue. I think that you're young, and you have a hell of a lot of experience for your age, Louis starts. I also think you're a great PR specialist, and think you'd make an even better journalist. Are you encouraging me to quit my job? No, Louis replies quickly, before wincing. Maybe? I'm just saying, if you were to worth your thinking of doing it, I'd say do it without thinking of the practicality of it. Fuck practicality. You did not just say fuck practicality. Louis waves his hand dismissively, you know what I mean. Do what makes you happy. You'll be successful regardless. Harry stares at him for a moment, searching his face for any sign of humor or sarcasm. But when he meets blue eyes, they're filled with nothing but sincerity. They widen at the end of his spiel, and Louis quickly looks down at his feet. Of course though, I do enjoy our little meetups, he quips, smirking. So I hope you don't come to a decision too hastily. Harry thinks if it weren't dark outside, he'd see a faint blush on his cheeks. Our meetups are the only reason I'm still here anyway. Harry pushes the thought out of his mind and nudges his shoulder. So what's your dream job then? Louis looks at him innocently, gesturing toward the hotel room and the sea. This, of course. Harry raises an unimpressed brow, and Louis looks down at his hand sheepishly. Harry watches as he flicks ash off his cigarette, a small smile on his face. I wanted to be a teacher, Louis starts. I've always loved kids, loved tutoring when I was growing up. Harry nods slowly. Big jump from business school. Louis chuckles, jerking his head to the side. Was never in the cards for me. Practicality? Louis turns to him, sad mile prevalent as he lets out a breath. Yeah, not practical, he repeats, shrugging. Thought business suited me more. And what about now? Harry questions, raising an eyebrow. Does it still suit you? Does it matter? Louis replies smoothly, taking another drag. I'm good at my job, I make good money. Everyone's happy. But are you? Louis focuses intently on the cigarette and how the light produces a faint shadow against his fingers. Yeah, he says quietly, shrugging his shoulders. Course I am. Harry tries not to focus on how Louis refuses to make eye contact with him. You know, you're kinda young too, he eventually says, feeling the air getting thicker the longer Louis stays quiet. His mouth quirks into a smirk. Thirty, right? Louis' head snaps up. Oi! Louis jabs his elbow into his side, making Harry giggle. 28, thank you very much. The disrespect. You're right, I'm sorry, he nods slowly, I should respect my elders. Two years, Harold, I'm two years older. Harry rolls his eyes, mirroring the grin that's broken out on Louis' face. My point is, you're an asset at the London HQ, probably at most of the major locations to be honest. Really loving this boost of confidence, Harold, Louis teases with a small smile. Keep it coming. Harry rolls his eyes, but shrugs. You could do whatever the hell you wanted if you chose to leave. You'd be an asset anywhere. Louis looks up at that, eyes dimmer than before. All traces of the previous grin gone. You mean that? Of course I do, Harry replies with no hesitation. Louis purses his lips before tracking down the nearby ashtray on the coffee table for his cigarette. Harry almost doesn't hear the next thing he mumbles. If only it were that easy. Harry doesn't get the opportunity to question the vagueness of that statement, because Louis is taking a deep breath instead, inhaling the salty air. My main point in this really was that I wish I had time to go surfing. Harry snorts, but part of his heart still tugs at the earlier half of their conversation.
Louis Vagnus, and now his complete 180 of the topic giving him a mental whiplash. He supposes it's none of his business anyway. You could go right now, he suggests. Louis looks at him, affronted. Are you joking? The water is probably fucking freezing. It's always freezing. It's the ocean. It's December. So you're saying you wouldn't go even if you didn't have time. Louis huffs. I didn't say that. You implied it. Thought you were on my side, Curly. And to think, we could have started a revolution against Dupree and Winston together. Harry smirks, taking the opportunity to move in front of him. Louis raises an eyebrow at the action, still leaning back against the railing. Harry sets his hands on either side of him, caging him and then causing Louis to swallow. I'd rather start something else right now. Louis clears his throat. Is that so? Harry moves one hand to cup his jaw, making Louis still. It takes all of him not to smirk at how a single touch can change Louis' demeanor. He leans forward, brushing his lips against Louis. Absolutely, Harry mumbles, packing his lips once. He doesn't give Louis a chance to protest the fleeting kiss before dropping to his knees, taking Louis' briefs down with him. He sees Louis' eyes widen at the action before immediately darkening at the sight of Harry, batting his eyelashes up innocently. The last thing Harry sees before sinking down is Louis throwing his head back. Chicago, Illinois, January 2020. I'm telling you, we should have gotten the bacon chicken ranch pizza instead of whatever the hell you ordered. Ranch is meant for dipping pizza, Louis, and spinach is meant for salads, Harold. Harry rolls his eyes as he wraps a towel around his hips, the steam from the shower preventing him from being able to see his reflection in the bathroom mirror. He turns to see Louis potting his damp hair with another, completely foregoing drying the rest of his body. Well to be fair, you could have ordered your own, he replies curtly, distracting himself by wiping the condensation off the mirror with his dirty t-shirt. It's what, ten o'clock? Almost eleven? Louis questions. Harry shrugs. Louis showed up at his hotel at around 9, not even an hour after replying to a story Harry posted of his view of the Chicago skyline. They work fast. Either way, it's late. I'm not bothering the chefs or room service for another pizza, one we probably won't get to. How sweet of you. Shut it, Louis laughs, whipping Harry's back playfully with the damp towel as he makes his way out of the bathroom. Harry follows him out immediately dropping the towel wrapped around his waist for some sweatpants. It's far too cold for anything less, damn Chicago and its near subarctic temperatures in the winter. Out of the corner of his eye, he sees Louis going to pick up his jeans, which were abandoned fairly quickly into him arriving. Harry smiles as he watches him look at the tight bottoms with distaste. Wanna borrow some sweatpants? Harry asks, amused. Louis heads snap towards him, jeans immediately plopping back onto the carpet. Can I? He asks hopefully, a small smile playing on his lips. The sheer hope on his face is enough to make Harry's heart flutter. It's telling that that's how his body reacts, even when Louis is still naked in front of him. Instead of focusing on his body, he focuses on the crinkles near the corner of his eyes, the slight V to his lips, his chestnut hair sticking to his forehead, damp and a bit flat. This isn't Lee Associate Consultant of McQuiston, always pristine and dressed sleek, hair swirled at the top of his head in an elaborate style. It's Lou, fresh off a nine-hour flight, showing up in huge snow boots and black jeans, a black polo under his enormous winter coat. It's just Lou. I'm not going to make you sleep in jeans, Harry replies, grabbing another pair of sweats from his luggage. Without a second glance, he tosses them. Louis barely grabs them by a panned leg, having to stretch forward so he doesn't miss it completely. The rest of the fabric flails helplessly, and Harry snickers at his almost failed attempt. You have bad aim, 
Louis huffs. Maybe you're not good at handling things. Louis flips him off. We both know that's not true. Harry digs his nails into his palms, starting to reel at his suggestive tone. Without another word, Louis quickly tugs on the sweatpants and makes his way over to the king-size bed. Thank you for the pair of joggers. Sweatpants. Joggers. Before Harry can comment again on Louis' British diction, he hears a knock on the door. Louis sits up immediately, eyes dancing with excitement as he shoes Harry off to answer it. He glares at his urgency. You could get it, you know. I'm a guest. He shoots Louis an unimpressed look before opening the door. The server greets Harry with a wide smile, which he returns. He makes his way to the door, introducing himself before continuing his journey. Harry moves to the side, impressed with the setup on the cart. Even as late as it is, their room servers manage to set it up elegantly, with a white cloth giving the illusion that it's floating. The cart moves silently across the room, wheels not letting out as much of a squeak. The pizza is set at the center, hidden by a metallic hover and surrounded by the trays of french fries that they, Louis, decided to order last minute and their drinks. The only other object lying with the food is a glass vase holding a single peony. A bit fancy for the greasy pizza they've just ordered, but Harry supposes it's policy. He sees Louis tracking the cart with his eyes, tongue darting out to lick his top lip in anticipation for their midnight dinner. Not so pressed about spinach now, huh? Harry smirks, watching as he struggles to stay on the bed until the server makes his exit. Once the cart is docked near the bed, the server double-checks to make sure they have everything they need, which Harry appreciates. Thank you so much, Louis says politely, immediately scooting toward the edge of the bed. He rubs his hands together in anticipation, and Harry wishes the action wasn't so charming. The server nods in his direction, a dazzling grin never leaving his face. When he turns toward Harry, he hands him a tip. Thank you again, I know it's late. We really appreciate it. We get orders at this hour all the time, don't worry, the server winks. Harry tries not to acknowledge the heat rushing up his neck and ears. You can leave the cart outside your room whenever you're done, have a great night. You too, he chokes out before closing the door. He tries not to focus too much on the server's words or the emphasis on the wink he threw, because frankly, Harry is flustered enough. As he makes his way back to the bed, he sees Louis hunched forward and sitting crisscross on the duvet. His plate, which he's balancing on the top of his knee, is stacked with three slices, the sides nearly overflowing with french fries. Harry sighs. We definitely should have gotten that second pizza. Louis' eyes flicker up to him, shrugging as he chews on a slice. The spinach isn't all that bad, actually. I know, Harry replies, sinking down next to him. He brings his knees up to his chest, quickly taking a plate Louis left for him on the bed. That's why I ordered it. And what about those, H.M.? Louis mumbles, nodding his head over to their drinks. What's that? Harry blinks. Have you never had strawberry beer before? Louis' face scrunches up immediately, eyes turning wary as he looks at their frooly bottles. Can't say I have. I prefer a regular pint if we're being honest. Harry's mouth drops open. You need to try it then. Erm. Please? Harry attacks on sweetly with a grin. Louis sighs, narrowing his eyes at him playfully before giving in and reaching out for the two bottles. He passes the other to Harry and they pop the caps off simultaneously. Cheers then, Louis says, holding his bottle up. Cheers, Harry mirrors, clinking their bottles together. Harry watches as Louis takes a large sip from his bottle, lips wrapping around the top as he gulps it down. He waits patiently as Louis sits there in silence, eyebrows furrowed as he looks down at the bottle and then back at Harry. He tilts his head from side to side, 
licking his lips tentatively. All right, that's quite good. I'll give it to ya, Louis eventually laughs, taking another sip. Harry beams, you should never knock something before you try it, Lou. Louis rolls his eyes, before pulling out his phone. Harry struggles to hold back his giggles as Louis takes a photo of the bottle. I want to remember what it's called. He defends, huffing as he throws his phone off to the side. I didn't say anything. Harry says through a laugh, raising his hands up innocently. M.H. I'm sure you aren't, Louis says sarcastically, a smile growing on his face. But you're taking that piss. I'm doing no such thing. He says innocently, taking another sip of his own beer. Louis kicks out his foot to hit Harry's shin, shaking his head fondly when Harry erupts into another fit of giggles. They eat in silence, only the soft crunch from the occasional fry and Chicago traffic filling up the space. Harry can't help himself from glancing at Louis from time to time, the way he's hyper-focused on his food, ensuring he doesn't drop anything. I'm not getting tomato sauce on the bed, he explains, words mumbled from the crust in his mouth. We're sleeping there. You know we've slept with Jizz, Harold. Louis gasps, scandalized. Harry snorts at his affronted expression, having to put his plate down as laughter rakes his body. Louis tries his hardest to keep up his appearance, even though a grin is already forming on his face. You're fucking ridiculous, he says in between laughs as Harry continues his fit. I said what we were both thinking. With a shake of his head, Louis immediately turns back to eating, murmuring something Harry isn't able to catch. Once Harry recovers and wipes his tears, he starts on his own plate again. Not even a full minute passes before Louis is nodding toward the cart, beckoning Harry to follow his gaze. I can't believe they've done it all fancy. Harry chuckles. I was thinking the same thing, a bit late for formalities. And for pizza and french fries, Louis replies, shaking his head in disbelief. I feel like we're at a five-star Domino's. Harry chuckles as Louis examines the cart. When his eyes land on the vase, his features scrunch up. Harry likens him to a disgruntled kitten when he makes that face. They chose a peony? Harry's eyes dart between the flower and his repelled expression. Do you have a particular thought on the flower? Louis shrugs, throwing a fry into his mouth. It's a wedding flower. Harry tries not to choke on his pizza. Didn't know you were a wedding planner on the side. Ha ha. Harry's eyes glance back toward the flower. It's red. I think it ties the cart together. It doesn't belong on a cart though, why is it on a fucking room service cart? Harry raises an amused eyebrow. Tell it how you really feel. At Louis' blank expression, he raises his arms innocently. I just didn't know you had such a strong preference for flowers. I'm just saying. Louis starts. He turns his entire body to Harry, one leg now dangling off the edge of the bed. He sets his plate down in front of him and gestures to the flower. I've seen them at so many of me mates' weddings, they were even at me mum's a few years back. Why? Why are they so fucking popular? They aren't ugly. No, just common. Who doesn't use peonies nowadays? Harry raises an eyebrow, amused. Any particular reasons you feel strongly about a floral selection? Louis shrugs again. To each their own, but I don't like them. My wedding? Can tell you right now there will not be peonies. Not a single one. Harry ignores how his heart rate picks up. What would you choose then? Louis studies the vase for a moment, eyes squinting in concentration. Harry raises an eyebrow, entertained by his seriousness. He remains quiet for a moment, contemplating the question before turning back to Harry. Sunflowers. Harry purses his lips and nods. Interesting choice. Louis smiles. I think they'd look nice at an outside venue. Happy and bright and all that. So you want your wedding to be outdoors then?
Harry questions, and why the hell were they even talking about this? Louis leans back to lie on the bed, elbow propping him up as he faces Harry, top leg bent above the other. I think so, weather permitting. Definitely. In the summer, they complete simultaneously. They lock eyes and Harry swallows. Both of their plates forgotten. Yeah, Louis smiles. Summer weddings are ideal, I think. Not too hot back in England and my family would be able to travel down, you know? Harry nods, I think it'd depend for me. Humidity and all. Louis winces, oh yeah, that could be a deal breaker. Gotta plan accordingly, hold a bit of faith. Absolutely, Harry laughs, no longer able to keep his laughter at bay at the turn this conversation has taken. He just hopes the hysteria isn't as obvious. He glances up to see Louis looking at the sheets, fingers whirling with a loose thread. Do you want a big wedding? Louis' face scrunches up. I don't think so. No need for it to be a whole production. Only close friends and family. Save the budget for the honeymoon. And what about your fiancé? What if he wants a huge wedding? Harry tests with a smile. Louis doesn't answer right away, and something flashes through his eyes that's gone just as quickly. It's familiar, but Harry still can't pinpoint the actual emotion. Louis eyes dart to the duvet, swallowing even though he doesn't have a slice of pizza in his mouth. Compromise, I suppose. You mean, he'll have to compromise, Harry jokes, trying to keep the mood light, even though something in his gut tells him it no longer is. Louis purses his lips and shrugs his shoulders slightly, still not looking at Harry. Yeah, maybe he will, he says softly. Harry's eyebrows furrow but he lets it go. Just as he starts to contemplate a smooth transition to another topic, Louis nudges him again. Harry raises an eyebrow, locking eyes with Louis, who's finally looking at him again with a teasing smile, as if he's daring Harry to do something. With narrowed eyes, Harry kicks him back. That only makes Louis grin wider, immediately retaliating and nearly kicking over their plates. Within seconds, they're engaging in a full game of footsie like they're teenagers in a cafeteria. It shouldn't make Harry's heart flutter, but then again, a lot of things shouldn't. It almost makes Harry forget the previous conversation entirely. Almost. So what about you, Curly? Louis breathes out after they finish their prodding, flawlessly transitioning the topic off of himself. What's your dream wedding? Shall we make Pinterest boards on this fine night? Harry rolls his eyes before shoving another piece of pizza into his mouth. Those are private. Louis throws his head back in laughter, smile so wide his eyes have no choice but to close in submission. Harry can do nothing but watch his shoulders shake, his hand covering his mouth in an attempt to conceal the giggles that come out of his body, how he rolls onto his back when he can no longer hold himself up because he's laughing so hard. It's a stunning sight and leaves Harry feeling light. But really, he's also relieved. Even if Louis gives him whiplash sometimes, he's relieved that he's laughing at their conversation, relieved that they can smoothly switch topics now. Because in reality, he can't answer Louis' question. Well, he can, but, no, he can't. Not when everything Louis wants, Harry wants for himself, has always wanted for himself. And how he can picture all of it so easily with Louis. He didn't realize it until hearing it himself, Louis explaining his plans for the future with such a distant, yet helpful look in his eyes. It didn't hit him until he found himself nodding along quietly, subconsciously trying to figure out how they could compromise on a slightly larger wedding. It knocked the air out of his lungs. Harry worked it out as if, as fucking if, they were together. As if he was talking about their wedding. The realization blindsides him. It's too much, 
too quickly for his brain to process. His feelings surfacing at full force, crashing like a wave on the shores of Daytona Beach. Arriving like a ferry at Pier 41 in San Francisco. Like meeting Louis for the first time, nearly a year ago in New York. They came all at once. One minute this, what they'd have, was good. Convenient. And then suddenly, it wasn't enough. It isn't enough. That's when Harry realized he's absolutely fucked. Malibu, California, February 2020. Harry wakes up to the sheet sticking to his legs, his body on fire under the covers, and with an arm wrapped loosely around his waist. He can feel the warmth of the sun behind his eyelids, and when he goes to move, he winces slightly. It isn't a surprise that he's sore, but Christ. When he opens his eyes, he blinks a few times. It takes a few moments to adjust to the brightly lit hotel room and focus on who's in front of him. Louis is slightly higher on the bed, one arm propping his head up as the other draws small circles into Harry's waist. He's watching Harry already, eyes studying him intently as he gets his bearings after a deep sleep. Harry's eyes travel across Louis, hair spiking up in all sorts of directions, lips still slightly swollen, the faint trail of love bites from his collarbones all the way down his chest. His eyes are soft, albeit a bit tired. He looks gorgeous though, especially in this light. In any light, Harry still can't seem to wrap his head around how that's possible, how just a brief glance of Louis can have him completely entranced in the next second. It's not helping him much at the moment. Nor is the image of them waking up in bed, wrapped up in each other's arms. This isn't the first time they've done this, merely cuddled in the mornings with no other agenda. But it's the first time Harry's felt something, or at least acknowledged he feels something. He finally acknowledges how his heart races without his permission, how he no longer feels hot from the blankets, but from Louis himself. The way his breathing becomes labored as they lock eyes, how fucking beware he is of the patterns Louis is circling into his bare skin. The pride he feels from marking Louis up, not for the world to see, but for him to see. It's a lot. Far more than Harry can really begin to process. But the way he feels, no matter how much he doesn't understand it, is something he wouldn't mind feeling forever. Morning, he finally yawns, rubbing his eyes. Louis smiles. You talk in your sleep, he says softly. Harry freezes. No I don't. His mouth twitches. I'm pretty sure you do. Harry purses his lips, still too groggy to really process this information or the endearing look etched in Louis' face. Did I say anything incriminating then? Louis giggles, shaking his head. It was mostly gibberish. Thought you had woken up to be completely honest. I had a whole conversation with you. His eyes widen. Excuse me, it was quite funny. How long have you been awake? Louis tilts his head from side to side, sinking lower on the bed so he can be eye to eye with Harry. His head hits the pillow, and he brings the covers up so they're covering their necks. About an hour. Harry raises an eyebrow. What have you been doing this entire time? Louis bites his lip. Trying to fall back asleep, I suppose. Harry nods, but then immediately sighs. What did I say? H.M.? In my sleep. What did we talk about? Louis presses his lips together, eyes filling with amusement once again. You mentioned wanting to go to the grocery store for some feta cheese. Harry blinks. I don't even like feta. Your subconscious seems to think otherwise. He rolls his eyes, but the smile on his face is a dead giveaway. I'm sorry I woke you up. Louis shakes his head immediately. Don't be, he says immediately, biting his lip. It's cute, one of your quirks. Harry raises an eyebrow. Quirks, huh? That a bad thing? Louis scoops closer, basically closing the gap between them.
He pulls a hand out from under the covers and holds Harry's chin, thumb brushing across his bottom lip gently. Not even close, H, he says quietly. Harry swallows, not breathing as he feels the light drag of Louis' thumb. It causes his stomach to flip, a weird bubbly feeling encasing him immediately. It also makes heat rush south. Harry's lips hover over Louis and he can hear how his breathing is getting heavier the closer they get. The two of them must have been subconsciously leaning in throughout their conversation, like a magnet and iron. His eyes are trained on Louis' lips, the way his tongue swipes across them, making them wet. It turns his own mouth dry, and with their bodies pressed against one another, he can feel both of them stirring in interest. Enjoying the view, Styles. Louis whispers, their lips raising. Or are you going to kiss me already? Harry doesn't have to be told twice. He feels Louis sigh in relief the moment their lips meet, moving in sync with one another. Harry's body is on fire now, each graze from Louis' fingers or nip at his bottom lip setting his skin ablaze. He's never felt more alert, more in tune than he does in this moment. The kiss isn't rushed, but it isn't lazy. It's comfortable. Their lips parting for one another at their own pace, tongues dipping into one another's mouths with gentle licks and nips every so often. Harry sucks on Louis' bottom lip, taking it in between his teeth and tugging it gently. That simple action makes Louis moan loudly against his lips, pressing their hips together eagerly for friction. Fuck, Louis breathes out, crashing their lips together one more time as he pulls Harry forward by his waist. It leaves Harry desperately wanting more, desire pooling, no, flooding the pit of his stomach. Louis kisses grow more feverish, and he quickly creates a trail from Harry's lips, to his jaw, and then down his neck. The feel of his wet mouth licking and nipping at his skin has Harry shivering beneath him. Eventually, Louis adjusts his position, slightly pushing Harry onto his back as slots himself in between his legs and continues kissing down his chest. It leaves Harry gasping, the sensation of Louis' lips more gratifying and alluring than anything else at the moment. Every so often, Louis will look up, eyes soft and bright as he watches Harry go pliant under him. When his lips enclose around Harry's nipple, tongue circling the area teasingly, Harry can't help but let out a whine. The room is hotter now, nearly blistering. Louis tongue on his nipples and chest become more desperate and Harry's helpless underneath him, wanting more 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 as the only sounds leaving his mouth are in the form of soft gasps. Lou, he whines, carding his fingers through his hair at a particularly hard pinch that goes straight to his groin. Has, Louis murmurs against his skin, his hand traveling south, fingers grazing Harry's sides on the way. Gonna give you a proper good morning now, yeah? Harry throws his head back against the pillow, letting out a desperate moan when he feels Louis' hand wrap around his already leaking cock, flicking his wrist as he works him up. Fucking hell. Baby? Louis whispers, already breathless. He raises an eyebrow, pupils dilated as he searches Harry's eyes. Not trusting his voice, Harry nods jerkily. His body is already in overdrive, the feeling of Louis' hand around him and his lips pressing frantic kisses all over him already causing that familiar build in the pit of his stomach. Yes, Lou, he moans, mouth falling open when Louis rolls his nipple in between his fingers. His heart is racing, blood rushing through his head and fingers and feet at just how fucking good it feels. Please. Louis smirks pressing one final kiss to his sternum before disappearing under the sheets. Harry lets out a small gasp when he feels a nip at his inner thigh and his legs spread open wider. His fingers tug at Louis' hair innately, and he nearly comes when Louis lets out a pleasant groan at the action. And as Louis works him up, 
Edging him closer and closer to his orgasm, Harry grips onto the sheets. Whimpers and moans mix into the air and he can't help whenever he jerks up at the feeling of Louis mouth around him, the way his tongue flicks at the head of his cock teasingly. He's already planning the ways he's going to have Louis riding beneath him in a few minutes. He focuses on where they are, what they're doing right now, and tries not to think of how he dreamt of them dancing aimlessly around his kitchen, humming along to songs they barely knew. He'll save that for the nights where Louis isn't here. Washington, District of Columbia, April 2020. Harry feels the heat from the sun on his eyelids before the light starts to bother him. He groans as he turns over, wanting to move away from the sun's attack on his eyes. When he can no longer see red, he reaches out for his phone. It must be early, his body on its own schedule. Sleeping in was a gift Harry could no longer afford. When he reaches out, however, his hand hits a wall. A warm, a bit soft to the touch wall. Oh, you're up. Harry opens one eye, slightly squinting as his vision adjusts to the burst of light they've been exposed to. When it focuses, he's met with a shirtless Louis, perched up against a headboard, glasses on, and reading a book. The view makes Harry want to render himself unconscious again. Time as it? He mumbles, rubbing his eyes. He still feels half asleep, not even the sight of a cozy, comfortable Louis enough to get him moving. Almost nine, Louis chirps. Harry hears a page being flipped and groans at Louis' productivity. In a swift movement, he throws a nearby pillow over his head. Grumpy, Louis observes, a hint of amusement in his voice. Tired, Harry corrects. And how come, Harold, Harry can practically hear the smirk in his voice. If you think I'm going to give you that satisfaction, you're wrong. He hears the book snap shut and the bed shifts beneath him. Louis chuckles fill the air, getting louder and louder the closer he gets. It isn't until the pillow is lifted off Harry's head, replaced with a pair of lips near his ear that his eyes shoot open again. Don't worry love, I'm plenty satisfied already. Harry swallows and doesn't dare to move an inch at Louis' hushed voice. Images from last night immediately consuming him. Louis urgency. Harry's own need for anything he would give him. He showed up to Louis' room later than usual, surprised that he was up as late as he was. His surprise quickly turned into lust as Louis dragged him into the room upon his arrival, wasting no time at spreading him out on the freshly washed sheets, immediately making Harry go blind with the slightest of touches. Lips pressed on every inch of him, Harry grabbing Louis' waist tightly as they map out each other's mouths. His brain goes haywire at the memories. How Louis fucked him into the mattress, his own groans and Harry's moans blending into something heavenly. How needy they both were, how desperate they were after weeks apart. The weeks apart seemed to be getting harder, at least for Harry. It hadn't been any longer than the time between other trips, yet there was a different type of urgency, a different type of passion between the two since Malibu. Harry couldn't place it, but as Louis got him off with one hand around his cock and another circling his nipple, pounding into him relentlessly with his own strangled cries echoing in the hotel room, he couldn't focus on anything more than the pure euphoria he felt as he came. His cock twitches in interest as the night replays and he can see the grin that covers Louis' face when he notices. He simply shakes his head, leaving a kiss on Harry's earlobe before backing up again. Yeah, Harry wouldn't mind waking up like this, to this. Every morning. We forgot to close the damn curtains last night, Louis points out, adjusting himself on the bed so he's lying down with his head level to Harry's. Woke me up at seven in the morning. And you didn't think to get up and close them? Louis blinks. It's freezing out from under here. 
Who do you take me for? Harry rolls his eyes at Louis Dramatics before throwing his legs over the edge of the bed. He winces as he stretches out his back, cracks and pops filling the air as he moves from side to side. His muscles loosen as he stands up, slightly dragging the covers with him which elicits a whine from Louis. He wasn't wrong about it being colder outside of the sheets. He tries to hold in a shiver as he looks for his jacket, immediately wishing they didn't go to bed completely naked. See, not listening to you. Harry sings, sighing in relief when he finds his hoodie underneath a mountain of throw pillows and other articles of clothing. He hums in satisfaction at his newfound warmth and sees Louis raises an eyebrow at his reaction. He still hasn't gotten up, buried even deeper into the duvet now that Harry isn't taking up space. God, Harry wishes he could cuddle him and never leave the damn bed. The rain is gone, Harry chirps, peeking out the window to see pedestrians bustling down the D.C. streets. Tourists with shopping bags and businessmen with their briefcases all mesh together as the sun shines down on them for the first taste of spring all year. A brief survey of their clothes tells Harry that it isn't too cold outside. He can only see thin jackets and jeans, some runners and shorts. But there's no winter coats or boots in sight. It's a beautiful day. When Harry turns back to Louis, he sees that he's already looking at him. At being caught, Louis raises a challenging eyebrow, as if daring Harry to call him out. Harry swallows instead. So when does your flight leave? Louis squints, tilting his head to the side as he calculates. Around two, so I probably need to get to the airport by one? When does yours? Not till tonight, Harry replies, leaning against the wall near the windowsill. Louis nods, diverting his attention to the sheets as Harry observes him. His eyes dart between Louis being completely swallowed by the fluffy sheets and the DC streets beneath them. Let's grab food. Louis' head snaps up, eyes curious when they land on Harry. What? Harry swallows. Shit. Um, we should grab lunch. Or I guess it'd be breakfast, wouldn't it? He can't read the expression on Louis' face, his eyes searching and lips pressed into a straight line. He's not smiling, but he's also not frowning, so Harry can't label it as a complete rejection yet. It was bound to happen, for Harry to take this leap, has been thinking of it for the past few weeks. Ever since Chicago, ever since Malibu. Thinking of Louis, thinking of their relationship, or lack thereof. It's only given him more time to come to terms with his feelings, with what he could potentially have with Louis. It wouldn't be easy, Harry knows that. They both travel an insane amount, but even with that, he doesn't think he's had something so consistent in a long time. So fuck it. He might as well give it a shot. But he wants to retract the statement now, because Louis still hasn't said anything. He continues to take in Harry's laid-back stance, and Harry just hopes he looks more nonchalant than he feels. Breakfast? Louis finally replies slowly, as if testing the words in his mouth. Harry nods, tearing his eyes away from him to pay attention to anything else in the room. Yeah, I'm starving. We could even walk around probably, since you're always talking about not having enough time to enjoy these cities. Like a date? And, it's out there. Louis always wanted to cut to the chase, which Harry should have expected, but that doesn't mean the air doesn't get knocked out of his lungs anyway. Yeah, Harry replies hoarsely, his eyes finding their way back to Louis. Exactly like a date. He doesn't know what changes in that moment, will think about it a few weeks later when he's back in New York. But he sees a multitude of emotions flash through Louis' face. Curiosity, hope, hesitation, happiness, confusion. Pity. Harry stays still, waiting for his response. He doesn't dare move and Louis doesn't dare to look anywhere else. He can feel the lump forming in his throat, can already hear the inevitable truth that's about to escape Louis' lips. Harry, 
I'm sorry. No, it's fine, he interrupts, shaking his head quickly. He pushes himself off the wall to gather his things. Forget it. I, Louis starts, but Harry whips his head around and he goes silent. Louis watches him move around the room from the bed. It's just that I have to prep for a pitch that I forgot about before I leave and... Louis, you don't have to make up an excuse to let me down gently, he says, throwing the pillows around to search for the rest of his clothing. If you don't want to go on a date with me... That's not it. He protests, sitting up to face him. His eyes are looking everywhere but Harry though, and the next words come out quieter. It's not. Harry's eyebrows furrow. Then what is it? Louis looks down at his lap. I just said... Louis, I know when you're lying, Harry sighs in frustration. So if you don't want to do this, just tell me how it is, no bullshit. Louis gaze focuses on the floor, the duvet sliding down his torso as he sits up on the mattress. He visibly swallows, blinking a few times. What we have now is good. I know. His eyes snap back to Harry, filled with an intensity that's been lacking for the last few minutes. Then why are you trying to change it? Why wouldn't I want to? Because maybe it could be better, Harry breathes out, shrugging helplessly. Have you ever considered that? Louis stays silent, and Harry feels like he misses it, but there's a faint nod. And? Louis opens his mouth before shutting it again, eyes still downcast. He runs a hand through his hair in frustration, shaking his head. It's complicated, Harry. It always is, isn't it? Fuck, why did he think this was going to go differently? Louis rubs a hand down his face, breathing a bit harder than before. I like what we have now, I... I can't have anything else, I can't give anything more. I'm sorry. You don't want to or you can't? Harry counters softly, lump in his throat growing. Louis' eyes flicker down toward his lap, breathing heavy. I can't, he whispers, shaking his head. When he looks up, his eyes are red and glassy. Harry stays quiet, not knowing what to say. There's not really anything to say, is there? He could ask for an explanation, could ask Louis what he means by that, but it isn't worth it. Doesn't want to push Louis to explain anything, especially something he made clear he doesn't want, or apparently couldn't have. The space between them isn't filled with frustration or anger. It's filled with confusion, pain. It doesn't feel like either of those are simply from Harry. Harry watches as he closes his eyes and takes a deep breath. Louis blinks, nodding to himself. What we have now is good, he repeats hoarsely. But it can be so much more. Harry nods slowly. Yeah, it is. I get it. And he does, he really, truly does. At least he's trying to, he'll digest that later. He'll understand. Louis scratches the back of his neck before ripping the sheets off his body and moving to the edge of the bed. I should, I should get ready for the, you know, the pitch, right? Louis nods. Should probably hack now too so I'm not, he waves a hand around sporadically, frantically shoving shit in when I get back. Harry swallows, hating the shift in their attitudes. It's no longer lighthearted, bright, and carefree. It's hesitant and closed off. It's not them. Yeah, I should probably head off too then. He sees Louis bite his bottom lip, nodding silently as he grabs a pair of sweatpants off the floor. Without another word, he starts to clean up the room. Harry tries not to focus on the sting of him not sparing him another glance. He heads for the door, not knowing what else to say. Hell, there's nothing else even to say. Before he heads out, he turns to Louis with his hand on the door handle. He's frantically grabbing articles of clothing, shoving them messily into whatever crevices of his luggage they'll fit into. I'm gonna be in London toward the end of May. I'm helping with promo for the gala.
Louis doesn't stop to look at Harry, still pacing back and forth and grabbing anything that looks out of place. Are you going? To the gala? Harry shakes his head, even though Louis can't see him. My flight leaves the morning of... Damn, Louis breathes out, finally stopping to look at Harry with a random shirt bunched into his hands. Well, he's looking in his direction at the very least. He's still not able to catch his blue eyes. Yeah, Harry replies, but it comes out clipped. They both stand still for a minute, neither daring to move or look away. I'll send you a message when I land then. My flight gets in late I think. Harry waits for a moment, waits for Louis to say something. He's uncharacteristically quiet, more subdued than Harry has ever seen him, and all his brain can muster is why 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 what changed why the fuck did I have to say anything in the first place. He sees Louis take his bottom lip in between his teeth, eyes darting down to Harry's shoes before finally, finally locking eyes with his. They're distant, the regular light and spark dimmed, not completely gone, but not completely there either. Yeah, please, he says softly before going back to his frantic packing. You know how to reach me. Right, he nods, finally stepping out into the hallway. He holds the door open for another moment, not knowing why he's so hesitant to leave this time around. I'm gonna go now, by Lou. Louis stops again to turn toward him. Harry watches his eyes take in his whole body, from his shoes up to the sunglasses resting on his head. With a nod and small smile, he says one final thing. Goodbye, has. Harry can't explain why this goodbye feels different than the others. London, England, May 2020. When Harry arrives in London, it's chilly. It's not as cold as the last time he visited, but nonetheless, he's shivering and this long-sleeve shirt isn't providing him with much warmth. His carry-on drags behind him, his movement slow as he makes his way through the terminal. The only thing on his mind is a warm bed and a shower after the long flight, and maybe a pair of blue eyes. The air is cool as he exits to make his way to the string of taxis waiting to pick passengers up. Headlights shine bright against one another, engines running in the otherwise quiet London night. He's been hesitant to contact Louis. Ever since their conversation in DC, Harry has moved past it, he really has. He can only hope that Louis has too, or at the very least, decided not to hold it against him. Harry knows Louis is fully aware of his arrival tonight. If it wasn't for what Harry told them back in Washington, it's from the email they were both forwarded, announcing Harry and other employees' arrival in anticipation for the gala. So maybe it's a bit presumptuous when he turns on his phone and hopes that a direct message from Louis is waiting for him. And maybe, just maybe, he's a bit disappointed when there's not. Harry opens the app and right there is Louis Icon, having posted a story of his dog not even 30 minutes ago. The doodle, Clifford. He remembers Louis once mentioning, aggressively tears apart a pillow, making cotton fly everywhere. More importantly, he sees Louis is not only home, but active. His icon is right there, smiling face in front of a brick wall frozen in time. A green dot right below the avatar signaling he's on Instagram right now. But he hasn't said a word. He doesn't need Louis to initiate the conversation though, no. He's a grown adult, and if he wants to see Louis for the first time since their conversation in DC, then he's going to at least try. He moves away from the taxis, leaning up against the cement wall near the entrance of the terminal. He's not going to make a fool of himself by telling the driver to take him one place when he's going to another. Especially when he doesn't know which is which. He tugs on his bottom lip, canines roughly moving across the plush skin as he pulls up the Instagram story again to reply. At Harry Styles. Guess we know it's Clifford who runs the show, huh? At Harry Styles. Just arrived in London. Fancy meeting up? He doesn't overt him kit, 
Frankly he can't. He's overthought too much already, overthought Louis already. So he sends the messages and then he waits and waits and waits, because he knows Louis will answer. He always does. This is their thing. Harry looks around the outside of the terminal anxiously, trying to distract himself to give Louis time to respond. Late night travelers are both leaving and arriving at Heathrow, bleary-eyed and with sluggish movements. He can sympathize. Once enough time has passed, he spares a glance at his phone. Sure, it hasn't vibrated. But he's just checking the time, he really is. And if it accidentally unlocks with his face ID anyway, well, no one has to be the wiser. He sees the green dot is still present on Louis' profile, and that in itself makes his eyebrows furrow. If Louis is online, then where the hell is he? His eyes dart onto their messages again, clicking the thread without the hesitation he previously had. Harry swears his heart doesn't drop a bit at the sight of the scene on his message with no following response. It's fine. He's done the same thing in the past, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean a damn thing. With a deep breath, he types out another message. At Harry Styles, Oi, thought we had an agreement on leaving each other on red? Ego and all. He only hopes the message conveys more teasingly than he feels. Scene. Harry waits a minute, then another, wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because surely, surely, Louis isn't actually ignoring him right now. Surely he isn't. Surely not after, or because of what happened in DC at Harry Styles, Louis? If you'd rather not, at least tell me. I'd rather not have to reroute a taxi. This time, he doesn't exit out of the conversation. No. He's going to stay on. If Louis is actually ignoring him, he's going to witness it himself. He isn't going to be left unsure of the action. He tries not to let out a sigh of relief when he sees another scene pop up, followed immediately by three dots signaling the formation of a response. Harry holds his breath. He doesn't take his eyes off the messages. Not even when another traveler bumps into him, knocking his bag to its side. It isn't until the message pops up that he allows himself to even blink. At Louis Tomlinson, I'm sorry Harry, I can't. Harry stills, reading through Louis' message again. Then again. Because, okay. That's fine, it is. At Harry Styles, no worries. Just let me know if you're free, yeah? At Louis Tomlinson, I don't think I will be. At Louis Tomlinson, I'm sorry, has. That's when his heart falls into the pit of his stomach. Because it no longer sounds like this is about right now, about London. At Harry Styles, okay yeah. Next time then, Louis reads the message immediately, the three dots appearing again before disappearing. Again and then disappearing. Harry waits with a bated breath, waiting to see if he says something else. At Louis Tomlinson, I don't know. Harry knew one day, eventually, it would all end. It was the only other alternative, wasn't it? The moment Louis said what they had at the moment was better, that was it. He understands that. He just didn't think it would happen so soon. At Harry Styles. We're not just talking about London then, are we? Scene. At Louis Tomlinson. I'm sorry, Harry. At Harry Styles. Is this because of DC? The unspoken question. Is this because of me? He waits, watches as the message is immediately seen. He pictures Louis somewhere in his apartment, eyes glued to his phone, typing and waiting just as Harry is. At Louis Tomlinson. It's not. It really really isn't. Then what on earth is it? At Louis Tomlinson. I just can't do this anymore. At Harry Styles. So you're telling me through here? Not even a phone call, Lou. Harry bites the inside of his cheek. He clamps down on it so hard he can taste the metallic texture of blood. He holds his breath, waiting for a response. 
waiting for him to somehow say this is all a joke. That he's messing around, and Harry should come over immediately. He's waiting for Louie to say he didn't fuck everything up in DC at Louie Tomlinson. I'm sorry. Harry doesn't glance at the message for more than a second before shutting off his phone, not even bothering to respond. He quickly grabs his luggage off the ground and flags down a taxi, phone forgotten in the pocket of his jeans. He doesn't think of the messages as he gives the driver directions to his hotel in West London. Doesn't think about the ache in his chest when he realizes this is the first time he'll be in the same city as Louis and not spend a night with him. He doesn't think about how DC was the last time he'd speak to him. How Louis was, by all accounts, done. How he had seemingly cut Harry out of his life, had meant to do so quietly, but Harry was never known to go out without a fight. He doesn't think about how it's over, how it's all over. He doesn't think about it when he orders room service off the hotel's late menu that night. When he purposely avoids the pizza option. He doesn't think about it when the breeze coming in from the balcony resembles the cool air of Daytona. He doesn't think about it when he works on the gill at the London headquarters, actively avoiding anywhere and anyone that mumbles the name Tomlinson. He doesn't think about Louis on the flight back to New York. He doesn't think about Louis when he tells Ben he won't be renewing his contract, that he's thankful for the company, but needs to go his separate way. He doesn't think about the only reason he stayed at this damn place as long as he did. He doesn't think about Louis as he walks out of the office for the last time. He doesn't think about Louis when he heads back home to fully unpack his luggage for the first time in over a year. He doesn't think about Louis when he realizes he doesn't know the next time he'll have to travel. He doesn't think about Louis that night. He doesn't think about Louis.